Hello, Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram here. And I just wanted to say that if you are looking for a nice Two-Face figure, you should probably check out the new Soap Studios Harvey Dent Two-Face figure from the movie The Dark Knight. I don't know if you've heard of it. It was a Christopher Nolan-directed film. It had uh, Heath Ledger in it. He played the Joker. It's a, it's a pretty decent movie. And the figure is amazing. Again, it's from Soap Studios. And if you have seen Mezco figurines with the soft goods, this is that style of a figure. Uh, I would say it's not as bulky. It has a more slender feel to it. Uh, more, I would say, less muscly. But of course, it's a Harvey Dent figure, so that's probably why. But it is a great detailed figure. Beautifully sculpted face. I think it's extremely mo uh, movie accurate to what it looked like on screen. And it's just a great figure overall. The amount of detail that went into the clothing and the soft goods is pretty incredible. And it is available to pre-order now at BigBadToyStore.com. So I would definitely jump on it. I highly recommend it. It is a great figure. And you won't regret it. Speak to you soon. Hello and welcome everybody to DC Figures and Collectibles. As of this recording, it is April 16th, 2019, and I am joined by my ever a presence on this show at least, co-host all the way from Stoke-on-Trent, England, Scott P. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello Tyler. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. It's bright and early here, so I'm I'm full of energy. Nice, nice. Yes, uh, a very good thing. Yeah, it's about it's bright here, but not so early. Um, half past three in the afternoon. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a fun afternoon though. So, um, yeah, I've just been watching today's episode about half an hour ago, which is uh, good fun. Too bad it's not a very popular one, but hopefully people. Yeah, will... it, it, it is, <laughs> but uh, I think. Um, I think we'll do it some justice, hopefully. Yes. Well, you you're a big fan of anything justice, especially if it's in the league. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. Hopefully, we're able to do that. <laughs> now, we do have lots of news recently in terms of uh, toys coming out DC wise, and especially some big news that came out a little bit after we talked to someone who was at, we were actually all discussing how nice it would be, and our prayers and. Batman animated fans' prayers everywhere have been answered. And we have the Rogues Pack, that the GCP Rogues Pack that used to be uh you can only get all the figures in one lot and it was some it was very pricey, sometimes up to near a thousand dollars. And now the Bane, Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, and Mr. Freeze are gonna be available. They're available now for pre-order from Big Bad Toy Store. And I know a lot of people are pumped. Are you excited, Scott? Very much so. And it's interesting, actually, because I was reading up some of the descriptions on Big Bad Toy Store, and um, they're actually going to receive new paint, um, slightly new features on the figures as well. So it's not like an actual exact re-release, or at least not according to the details. Um, so we are actually going to see a few slight differences, which is good, actually, because I feel like that pack was the week that we, in terms of, um, you see, that was the weak line. Yeah in the figures so hopefully they can correct those issues and also they felt like a 
it felt like a lot of those figures minus Killer Croc did not have uh, as much articulation as previous figures. Yeah, very true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, uh, that's a good point. Good point. I, I was just looking around then um, while I was speaking at the price. Uh, £917 if you want to buy that from Amazon in the UK. And that is the sad part, is if you want Renee Montoya, you are yeah. going to have to get that back because she's not. Yes. She is so the far. Most expensive figure you will ever buy. Yes. Well, at least you get a little Dio piece, too. Yeah, the Dio piece is just fantastic. I don't know. I, I'm actually going to go to say that it's still worth that money. It's just that good. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I would say it's definitely worth uh, the price of what I paid when I got it, even though I was a little pissed. And I would say it's even worth a couple hundred over. Okay. But yeah. what I what I do like what you said, and you can kind of tell from looking at the picture, you said there's going to be different details on these figures. We aren't exactly sure what they are. We don't know if they may be put some of the double knee joints that we've seen on some of the newer figures on these guys. But yeah, that would be fantastic. But just looking at the picture, can you tell that there's something different looking about poison Ivy? Um, Okay. So looking at the original promotional image, I think the colors have a look a bit different. I think they've used the same promo image, but recolored a little bit, um, especially the legs. Cause the legs yeah. were sort of, I don't know. The green was a bit too, green wasn't it it needs to be a bit less saturated color yeah and, it, and also the her outfit now looks a little bit more matte if that makes sense or maybe yeah, it's just yeah, a light yeah, green i hope they they fix mr freeze's few issues as well I and mean, it was an incredibly floppy figure so hopefully they they sort that out and um that sort of the, the dome on his helmet as well needs to change a little bit yeah it's too, too long before yeah and also uh give it a little bit more of a circumference around his head so that if you position his head down and try to put the dome back over it, it will stay in that position. Yes. Good point. Actually. Yeah. That is a very good point. Cause what's the point of moving the head? If you just put the dome on, it goes right back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, but when they do sort these things out and they're supposed to be repainting. So I think with poison ivy, it said an all new paint job with Mr. Freeze, it was slight new and killer croc. It was slight new. So, Three out of the four are going to receive new paint, which is quite good and much needed. I'm going to go ahead and give credit to the Poison Ivy being repainted and uh, almost redesigned, it looks, to Zulu. Zilu. Yeah, yeah. It, it because I know that I've seen him have some conversations back and forth with DC Collectibles. And he always hated about the Poison Ivy head because he's a, a purist to the 10th degree when it comes to even the shade of color of these outfits on these characters. And he redid a Poison Ivy head sculpt that looks pretty spot on. Uh, I was so pissed that I didn't get one of them. <laughs> I couldn't afford at the time and so annoyed. So hopefully this one is more uh, screen accurate to the animated series, at least. Yeah, definitely. I think it will be. And uh, it, I, hopefully they put a bit more effort into it this time around and they uh, well not that they didn't put effort in before but just put more effort into correcting some of the the issues that um they had last time and, and tweaking just a few things and i mean just generally on on that particular pack making the joints a bit sturdier because generally there's not a lot of problems with floppy joints on animated figures it tends to be just the fact that they got small feet that they don't stand up but on that pack they were incredibly floppy mr freeze and and poison ivy definitely See, I got lucky on those two. My floppy ones are Croc and Bane, and the 
croc is yeah the croc is floppy at his hip joints like it's just like noodles and (laughs) (laughs) and the bane his right ankle like if i try to stand him up it just gives out every time so it's just so annoying yeah yeah but we are happy. I'm definitely going to have to grab another one of these, Say each it. one of them, because, yeah, because like you also said, and as collectors know, if there's just little degrees of differences, that'll make the GCPD rogues pack even more uh, coveted. Yeah, it will. Definitely will. Um, Not to mention the Renee Montoya. Yeah, yeah, it will. I, I'm wondering if the price will drop on that rogues pack now, because it- it will, it will depend on whether people are buying them for collectibles or buying them because they're scalpers. So it's going to be interesting to see if it drops um, now that, one, we know they're being released and two, when they're released. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with that. Yeah, I'm not going to pre-order them yet off Big Bad Toy Store just because I have pre-orders still waiting for the Lost Wave. So I'm just going to wait till I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hope that they make them accessible to UK um as well, certainly more accessible than they usually are. I'm gonna have a, have a look around now, actually, and see, um, see if we can see them. I really hope that they are able to possibly put a uh, a waste rotation on Mister Freeze too. Yes, yeah, that would be good. That that really would be good. Because that always bugged me when I first got him. I was like, what the heck? If I can't move his head because of the dome, then at least me, let me rotate his trunk so I could ha- give the yeah. illusion he's looking somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's very true, actually. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's so annoying. Now, in terms of new figures or anything, you don't have anything, or do you? Uh, new figure-wise, I picked up Mr. Terrific, the Justice League Unlimited figure. He came in the Mr. post Terrific. a couple of days ago. So... Um, Inspired, of course, by the ever brilliant JLV Fatal Five. Wanted to get him to do a picture of, of him and a few others. And then, um, hey, before we go on, before we go on, yeah, I, I have to say, I saw I was looking at J- <laughs> Justice League memes and I saw one where Batman's flying his plane. And I saw that you liked it, and that's why I thought it was funny. And it says, You know, Batman's the boss when he makes everyone fly in his plane except for a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just so funny because everyone listens to Batman. And everyone puts their seatbelts on as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay, continue. Sorry, I just wanted to... No, no, no it's, a good, it's good. I enjoy that. I, I could, it's funny because when you're explaining it, I'm just saying nodding. I'm like, yeah, I can remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually love that. <laughs> so, you, is this like the Mattel version of Mr. Terrific? Okay, so it's the Mattel version. It's got like a clip-on thing on his back that has like the the little round balls of the tea on that, that come nice. out of his back which, so it looks pretty cool I'll have to get a picture of that and um, maybe a JL Fatal 5 group shot actually I might do that but yeah no um, he's a pretty cool figure and um, other than that I've not really got anything else coming um, oh actually there is one thing from action figures and comics a big shout out to Tom who is uh, ever kind and fantastic from there I've brought the whole set of Justice Lord Massel figures, so they'll be here pretty soon, hopefully. But uh, yeah, action figures and comics because check them out, they've got figures from all over the place, whether it's Marvel, uh, WWE, Batman, and so many action figures. I've never seen anything like it, but they're fantastic. And they've got ones in package, out of package, and great prices. So 
Um, and if you live in the UK, the shipping is not a joke. So um, that's really, really positive. Unlike the shipping from the US. The shipping from the U- the shipping from the US is um, is Extortion. okay. The tax that kills you, but I don't know what it is. But when I'm ordering from there, the, the shipping and the tax seems really cheap. So yeah, it's nice. pretty yeah, pretty good. And then also, you guys had a UN Lewis of the Bat Collector had another yes. another very fun, successful, and memory inducing uh, themed weekend, which was a Commissioner Gordon theme. Ah, yes, yeah, did you enjoy yeah. that one? Really did enjoy that. Actually, it was a good, um, it was a good choice of theme. I thought about doing a Gordon theme before, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it'd work or not. But um, Lewis su- suggested, I was like, do you know what? Let's let's give it a go because I think it'll be quite, quite fun because um, there's so many different versions of Commissioner Gordon, and um, he's got so many cool stories himself. I mean, you only have to look at the the Jazzman story and BJS how good that is. So yeah, yeah. And I yeah. even totally forgot. I even totally forgot about the super heavy Commissioner Gordon, where he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot he could be Batman too." And some things. Yeah, that was such a great shot from Lewis as well. What a picture that was! Wonderful shot, and yeah, it's one of those pictures that, um, like you say, it just throws back to the um, original. So. Yeah, uh, to the um, the comic story. So yeah, it was fantastic, and really enjoyed that one. Um, now the one I really enjoyed of yours, because uh, it's a little self indulgent, is the uh, is the animated version of uh, Over the Edge at the very beginning oh, when okay, yeah when Bullock, Renee Matoya, and Bull and uh, Commissioner Gordon walk in, and you even have a Alfred like sprawled out like he just dropped the dishes trying to help. <laughs> I love it. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole show is Alfred just being a baller, like knocking him out, like go master, go. I yeah, love it. He just doesn't even care about yeah. what his own fate is. So Alfred's just awesome. And yeah, that as soon as this theme was announced, that was the shot that immediately I knew I wanted to do. Because to me, that's Commissioner Gordon's most incredible episode. I, I just love that episode so much. One of my favorites. So had to yeah, do that. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. In a way, it's kind of like he became Batman because he saw devastation and he's trying to go after the man that ruined him. Yeah, exactly. And I can't remember who said it, but someone said it, it just shows what the Joker says, right? All it takes is one bad day. And you uh, and what a tie-in. Yeah, and he and he did he did that and um, obviously like got Bane to yeah. kill Batman. But even Bane couldn't stop Batman. Uh, such an uh, just looking at the picture brings back so much. There's looking at Tim with oh, a little smirk just makes me think we're gonna die. We're gonna. Die. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, yeah, we. Are. <laughs> I love that. That's a great quote. Yeah, so yeah, that was, that's that a fantastic movie. image. Yeah, well, it was fun for all of us as well. And I'm you announced you announced your new theme coming up this weekend. Please tell. Me. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so this week. Announce it today, actually, for enough. But um, this week we're going to be doing a Forgotten Figures week. Um, it's something I thought of about a week or so ago, and was like, Do you know what? I, I can't remember what I was doing. I think it was just reorganising some old figures. I was like, holy crap! The amount of money I got signed here that hasn't been photographed. It's just been brought and then shoved in a cupboard. Like this is horrendous. So I thought, right, next week we're doing a Forgotten Figures week, and um, I really like this idea. 
yeah, it's something a bit different and it'll challenge us to think outside the box because it, it, there'll be figures that we've either forgotten about completely or just can't think of a picture for them. So it's a, I feel like it'll be a bit of a challenge. And yeah, I know Lewis was, was thinking of doing something like this as well because when I said it, he was like, holy shit, I was going to say that as well for the next team next week. So yeah, that was um, pretty exciting. Um, but I'm going to try and do something completely different and I mean totally different uh oh yeah, this is going to be a big surprise it, 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 yeah probably will be so yeah hopefully that'll I, be good fun you just piqued my interest <laughs> no I'm going to do something completely different if the photo falls off oh I'm sure it will especially if you already are, you already have it in mind and you already sound like you're passionate about the idea I'm sure it'll be yeah, good yeah I really want to give it a go so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be good fun. Give it give it a try. But, um, yeah. So I that, think that's that's, uh, that's that's pretty much it though. But it'll help um, it'll help ease your buyer's remorse from all those figures. I'll <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> have a little break from the the animated figures for a weekend and do something a little different. So that's gonna be good fun. So a bunch of Marvel. <laughs> oh god, who knows? No, we we at least we know it won't be Marvel, unless oh, it's. We? A, we don't. We don't know. It could be. I I, I might have an idea, but I'm not going to even hint at it because I don't want listeners <laughs> to. be <laughs> But no, yeah, no. speaking of breaking away from what we usually do, after your BTS run through. Yes, um, we've seen a few different pictures from you. Although a couple of them have been animated, I've enjoyed, especially that one that you did with the um, with the Joker and Harley, in the uh, in the car. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that one was a, a one I've been wanting to do for a while because there's a old. It looks like a Norman Rockwell, not Ro- Norman Rockwell style painting where like, uh, Joker and Harley are in that pose and it just looks really fifties vibe. So I tried to go for it and it didn't really get how i wanted to do but it looked okay so no I thank like you I'm, I'm glad that you liked it uh, the, my favorite one that, um, that you've done though by far and away is that poison ivy and catwoman shot with batman oh the hush cover that is just fantastic i love the colors on that it's there's a lot of green but it doesn't take away from the color of batman or Catwoman or anything, which I do like a lot because sometimes you see like um, I guess with Poison Ivy shots more than anything because her, she like, she herself is green and then you've got the green backdrop. It doesn't she doesn't stand out as much, but that isn't the case with that one. So I really enjoyed that. And speak about forgotten figures, I totally forgot I even had that Poison Ivy. <laughs> so it was nice <laughs> to uh, bust her awesome. out. I've, I've got that figure as well. Actually, I haven't taken a picture of it yet. I need need to do that. She's a cool thing. Yeah, she's really well done, and she comes with some really cool accessories. And I don't even think it looks too much like a bombshell version. I just feel like you could sub in for a good Poison Ivy whenever you need. Oh, yeah, definitely. She doesn't really, because Poison Ivy pretty much has the similar kind of outfit and look anyway. So True. And then with the Catwoman, I was looking at Hush, and I, was, I noticed that she does have green gla- goggles in that comic. Usually you see her with the red glasses with that look. Yeah. But I was like, okay, this works out good. So that was a lot of fun to do. And I actually have a few other Hush um, covers coming up. It's just, they're so stinking hard to do sometimes, like figuring out when I have time to do it. The the amount of 
detail and the amount of work that goes into those covers as well. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, like the fact that they have to have someone just to do the inking, not even after they draw. It's like oh, that's too much. That's so much work. <laughs> yeah, you do like how many people does it take to draw a cover? I couldn't even couldn't even fathom Absolutely. being under a deadline and you're trying to do that. Uh, actually, talking of covers, the um, picture that you put where Harvey Dent has got half his face covered. Really enjoyed that one. Um, the one where you can, he has a mirror on the other side. Um, it's the one where he's in the hospital bed. Oh, okay. Oh, no, that's that makes more sense with your your uh, segue there. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that you like that was uh, one I was iffy about, too, because I just never know with uh, like soft goods and doing yeah. things like the, the sheets and stuff. I just don't want to look dumb or puffy. Mm-hmm. So it's always it's always uh, a balancing act. It, you know what it's like when you do it and you think, okay, this looks good, but does it look good enough? Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah I get you mean that. And that, in a way, is sometimes a good thing because you, know, you always want to keep on improving and finding that extra that extra dimension to each picture. So although it's frustrating sometimes, it's not always a bad thing. That is true. But, but I, 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 one thing I noticed, and I don't know you probably picked up on it as well, but Christopher Nolan was quite discreet in his sort of homage to BCS with the way that he used that cover on the side of his face, just like when yeah. um, he sees Grace, like just things like that. I didn't even notice that until you mentioned about the picture and then we, because we reviewed the episode a few yeah. months ago. Like, yeah. That's true. That is a good homage. You know, the one thing I did forget to say about that uh, soap studio Harvey Dent figure. Oh yeah. He comes with little pockets on his pants so you can put the coin in the pocket. Oh, cool. That's so cool. It's that like those little, cool. those little details I love. Yeah, um, you won't, you'll never lose it. You've always got some spares. That's also positive. And then, I mean, the one thing that I really enjoyed doing uh, photo-wise this past week was I – I needed to get <laughs> I need to get a smog check on my car because I just paid registration for license. Yeah. And the smog failed and the guys I got it fixed. And then they said that, OK, you have to drive a long, a long ways, like drive 60, 70 miles just to flush out the bat like the bad air or whatever. Mm. So I drove out to a church where uh, there's a filming of Kill Bill a while back. And I know a lot of people really enjoy that movie and it was really weird because i've seen that movie so many times but it's really weird just being there in person and thinking like holy crap like all these people were here filming and everything so i thought that was actually a lot of fun and i did a, a couple photos where i tried to incorporate uh batman <laughs> batman figurines or uh, even a superman into the context of the kill bill movie so that was actually a lot of fun and I think that was the most fun thing I did photo-wise. Yeah, I was wondering where you went to take those pictures. Yeah, it's not far from my house. So it's pretty awesome. if and when you come to visit, we will definitely do this. <laughs> yeah, this pair uh, looks like a fantastic place to go. Yeah, and the person, there's a guy that lives there, and he was even playing the soundtrack from the movie while working in the yard in the back. So it was really oh, just wow, a... Oh, that sounds really psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It's like, holy crap. But uh, yeah, other than that, no, no BTAS. I did a rogues gallery shot that probably well, took that's three. That's what hours. I was going to mention. That was really, really nice. 
That one took a long time. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised. How wide was that whole setup? Um, really wide. The, I have two, like, three-foot red construction papers, and you could see the line where one of them's connecting in the back. So it is a decent amount wide. And In fact, some of the figures in the back are standing on the uh, Batcave rock base. Yeah. So that's how they're up there, and I set up a good half of them to like where Bane is and to where Catwoman is all to the left. And the, uh, the freaking mutant leader had an accident and just dominoed them all down. I almost oh, just, <laughs> I hate the mutant leader. That. He always does that. He did it recently to pitch. I, was doing that. I hate the mutant leader. <laughs> uh, I just love that people can relate to that. Like I, I'm so annoying. Like, I can relate to it so badly. Like, it's weird. It was in a picture of that about three, four days ago. He knocks over all the figures. I was so angry with him. I threw him out the shop. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't make it into the cup. But yeah, he is so annoying. The mutant leader. <laughs> it's those nipples. I think just really bug him. <laughs> it unbalances him. Like, he, he wants to That's talk so to Batman and the rest of the Rose Gallery. He's an annoying, annoying villain. Yeah, he's, he wants to be the leader. He, yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that... Uh, my favourite bit of the whole picture, though, of everything, is Tico. Yeah. Just popping up behind the rock. <laughs> with, I, had, I had to get him in somehow. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's such a great detail. It's fantastic. I made sure to try to put all villains. I was going to try to put, slip Etrigan in, but it's like, he's not really a villain. He was just getting used. <laughs> oh, no. It's true. Yeah, Etrigan's a hero anyway. Yeah, especially if you guys are fans of Justice League or actually Absolutely. read the yeah. actually read the comic. Actually, yeah, Etrigan's the hero. I've seen a lot of people say he's, he's a rogue before. He's not a rogue at all. I'm glad you didn't put him in there as well. Yeah, I don't want to give false illusions. Then I have to put a little red M on him. No, I don't want. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of Batman the Animated Series, we have a pretty big. Uh, episode today we do you kind of alluded to it but before we get too much into that we have a topic in terms of uh instagram photography yeah correct absolutely yeah so this was your idea so i want you to explain a little bit for uh, the okay. audience yeah well it's quite interesting seeing um a fair few people criticize their own well okay there's several things criticize their own following um, talking about, <laughs> oh, I've got this amazing camera and I can't do pictures with it or any advice on my pictures um, and things like that. So, <clears throat> but it seems to be creeping up a little bit more lately. Don't know why. It's probably, probably coincidence more than anything. But so I want to talk about content versus equipment and what's what's more important than the other, if either or any of them are important. So just, I thought it would be quite interesting to, to see what you thought of it as well. Now, are we talking in terms of um, also being able to tell if someone's passionate through their pictures or if they're robotic? That's it, exactly. So you could have the best camera ever. You could have the, the, like, just, just the most sharpest, most detailed um, uh, camera that you'll ever imagine. But if you... You have no idea of how to set it up, what to 
to shoot or how to to shoot it and you're complaining that you know people aren't showing me any atten- attention and things like that that's <laughs> I'm, I'm, not only do I find that baffling I find it funny as well I mean you know for starters you're doing that for the wrong reasons if what you're doing it is for is just purely for attention and likes and whatever that's just not that's just odd I just find that odd but yeah so people are saying um about cameras and that, and they've got these amazing photos that they can take with the, with the camera. But it depends. I, I always, always will say that it's what you're putting in the photo. Like, if you've got an amazing setup, you know, even if your camera's not the best, but you've got an amazing setup, people will still be inspired by what you're what you're taking a picture of. Like, I see very few people saying, "Oh, the camera you're using is amazing. Look at the sharpness of that." But I do see a lot yeah. of people saying, "Oh, that's a great photo. I love the setup." Yeah, it, they're also, I think, like, you, what you said is all very spot on. And I, I I have, too, seen that. And we even talked about a little bit, a few or five or six podcasts ago now, where about the guy that wanted to quit, and you could tell he just started just because he didn't feel like he was getting the attention he felt he deserved right away. Absolutely, who I was thinking of, yeah, yeah. And I think what all that you said is right, too, or you could have – you could be a rich man. You could be loaded or just, you know, have all this gear and have all these proper things like to bounce the light off these light disc and have a $4,000 camera, have all these lenses. But if you don't have a love for the material uh, or you're just being very general with uh, very generic stances and uh, poses, they could be fantastic pictures and look good. But I think to fans that know the material, they're they're more interested in, say, like if you did a Justice League photo setup, yeah, and there's a certain mannerism that comes to, like Flash, where if you capture a certain look or a certain way he moved in the show, people will be like, oh, I love this photo because of the way you captured just how the Flash moved. Not to mention the lighting's beautiful and everything. So they like it as a whole with the emotional part in it, with the nostalgia part in it. And like, yeah, if you don't know anything about the character, you're just shooting it very robotically. I'm sure you get a beautiful looking portrait, but yeah, over time, <laughs> over time, you're not going to, it's just, I don't, I don't feel like you would be motivated or have the kind of uh, emotional attachment, mm. the passion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I mean, the reason you're looking at toy photography, if that accounts is for the toys. No one cares about, camera really i mean to see so many people take pictures on the phones i I use my phone for pictures and um i know a lot of other other people do so you know i think it's a bit more important about what you're shooting rather than what you're shooting it with i i think the completely the same in fact there's times where my brother has let me use his nice camera yeah and i could do an outside shot with it and i'll do a comparative one on my phone Little to no difference sometimes. Exactly. And it, it just bores me using a camera and going to adjust this. Oh, I need to adjust that. That's slightly out. No, it's so boring. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. That just drains creativity, I think. And it, it makes it a chore. And, um, you know, obviously there's loads of people out there that use these great cameras, but they also have great content as well. So um, they tend, those are the ones that you could tell have a love for what they do. And, are yeah. continuing 
get better and not just being robotic and like, here's my picture. Why aren't you guys liking it? And all those people that will have something in common, common is that they started with the figures. They built their way up and then have slowly improved their equipment over time. But the figures and the quality of the content have stayed the same and got gotten better throughout um, throughout the time. So you, you, like, as you scroll down people's pages, you can see the evolution um, in, in their photography, which is, uh, I love looking down people's pages sometime and seeing how they've not only improved but also um like evolved through time and, and seen the, the the pictures change throughout time as well because like um are you in particular i like your early photo early photos are fantastic and as you've grown over time you can see the way that your dios have developed and built up it's like you it's like gotham's getting built as you I can't <laughs> which is pretty cool to see. And, um, you know, same with people like Lewis and Simon as well. I mean, Simon's dial was crazy. So it's just things like that. You know, they, they focus on content and equipment is uh, is secondary. Um, yeah. Like what you said and what, what I told Simon when we had him as a guest is completely true. First seeing his dial is what, yeah, completely, completely inspired me to do all this. Yeah, and he takes his picture on his phone as well. I think he says he's got an iPhone six or seven. I can't remember. Not, I might not be right. So quote me on that. But he is the exact same. He just does pictures on his phone. Yeah, with that amount of passion, the you could see all the passion he put into his display area. Where you could take that on a phone from nineteen ninety eight, and people will still think it looks cooler than anything that you could see today. Exactly. Yeah. I think sometimes actually um, less sharper photos look better sometimes because the, that, especially for Batman animated series because it it is paying homage to the show when it was made in the nineties and it was a a rougher sort of viewing if you know that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a little grainier, it's a little darker. Exactly. Yeah. But that was what added to the atmosphere of the show back in the day, and that's why you loved it. Yeah. Exactly. And. Um, yeah, I, think, I, I do think people sometimes put too much emphasis on getting the right photo. And you see people with all these like behind-the-scenes things with their cameras and stuff. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what really bothers me? Not me? What bothers me in terms of equipment yeah. is, uh, like, I, if you want to buy, if you want to spend your money on what you want to spend it on, if you want to spend thousands of dollars on a camera, go for it. Mm. But what I don't understand and I don't like is when People get that stuff and automatically like, can someone help me figure this out? Can someone do this? Can someone do that? Oh, that, that is quite funny. It's like, dude, if you're if I'm spending thousands of dollars on a piece of equipment, I'm going to want to learn everything about it and go through the trials of doing it. Uh, yeah. Doing photos, learning as I go. Uh, and if I have something like crazy that would happen, then of course I would ask if anyone else had that problem. But I feel like part of the fun of doing that stuff is figuring out and learning it for yourself. Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. And it's not, I feel like it's not, if that were me, I'd be annoyed that I was asking for help as well because it's not my, it's not all my work then that is, um, has gone into it. True. You know, that's very true. Like if, if for example, I asked, I was constantly asking you for help on um, how to use my, my camera. I would expect you to get annoyed with me. 
because it, it, well, it, it doesn't matter if it's like one or two things, but yeah, like what you said, if it's constant. Yeah, like just it, it's so boring sometimes. <laughs> I've got all these extravagant cameras and things, and, um, and the, and people, there's some people out there that can use them brilliantly, and they've got the brilliant setups to to, to go with it, which is fantastic. People like um, our guest that we've got on today, I know we'll mention later. He's he's a similar um, sort of one where he's he'll use fantastic equipment and get the best out of it. They see some people with those amazing cameras. They don't, like I say, they don't really know what to do with them or how to use them. So, um, yeah, they take a few photos after having a page up for three days and they take some shots that they're proud of and start complaining, Why isn't anyone liking me? No, that's 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 embarrassing when people do that, <laughs> but people do, and yeah, that's always do. seen it a, a few times lately as well. Um, yeah, it's just so stupid now. Another thing that's stupid to do is separating a man from the love of his life. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that is the story that we are covering today on Batman, the animated series. It is, Scott alluded to in the last episode, the episode where Batman, the animated series really starts to get cooking and it really starts to hit its stride or prime. And this is the episode where people that never even knew who Mr. Freeze was, instantly he became their favorite villain. So we are going to be doing and covering Heart of Ice today. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> are we? Um, I hope so. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. If, if we're looking at the episode list, I thought it was, a, I've got a Batman in my basement. Uh, I thought we did that. No, we haven't done that one yet. <laughs> oh, I just don't want to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we are going to do uh, Batman in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put that one on ice for now. Yeah, I know that. That's uh, definitely one I, I wanted to get to, Heart of Ice. But we are going to do Batman in my basement. Yes, Batman in my basement is it. Uh, Fun, fun episode. Yes, and as we talked about last time too, it is one that if you watch it as a child, you tend to have more good feelings towards it because there's children at play in it. But if you were yeah. watching it as a teenager, you're probably just thinking like, oh, give me a break. Yeah. But luckily, we both watch it as young, so we kind of enjoy it. I think that's why um, it's so enjoyable because you, you're seeing it from the perspective of yourself watching it when you're a kid. Yes. Now, if you will, Scott, can you introduce introduce the intro for us? Okay, so yeah, so um, we start off being thrown into um, a couple of thieves going up on their sort of window cleaning elevator on the outdoors, the classic 90s scene that you'll, uh, that you'll see in, in all of um, the major cities. And then they sort of crack into the the window and there is this beaming pink and purple. Now I'm going to make sure I say this right. Um, Van Alster Fabrige egg. I probably pronounced that completely wrong, but yeah, it's an egg. The Fabrige egg. <laughs> yes, 
um, so the two thieves go in and, and use this claw to, to grab it and then they're like oh a piece of cake just like the boss said so at that point you have no idea who the boss is but um, I suppose you, you can have a, a, a sort of a guess that it's the penguin you know, with the egg yeah there's a, a decent guess it's going to be it's not Farmer Brown he's not, <laughs> he's not till later thank goodness we don't even know who he is yet <laughs> uh but um, and then next next second we see uh, Batman appear and he's just like and I'll get you five to fifteen with good behaviour, oh, yeah. which is uh, another another classic Batman line. Just warning the kids out there. <laughs> and um, and all of a sudden you see this huge South American vulture flying called Scrap, and who actually scraps with Batman. Ah. Uh. Starts, starts pecking Batman and uh, attacking him, and uh, Batman managed to fight off the um, to fight off the vulture, but he, he unfortunately does not apprehend the thugs, and they escape with the egg. And um, Batman then, sort of as he as you would naturally expect, um, starts looking looking over the scene and finds bird seed, which was obviously a deliberate ploy because they, they must have known Batman was going to show up, so they covered their own backs on that one for their escape because it was quite a clever way to to um, leave Batman a clue at the same time as stopping Batman, if that makes sense. I think they were very clever with doing that throughout the um, entire series, really, leaving subtle clues for Batman to follow, but also using it in a, in a way that wasn't incredibly obvious, which, which is quite cool. And this is definitely one of those moments. Yes. And then from there we go to the suburbs of Gotham. <laughs> yeah, the, the suburbs of Gotham, and uh, or the the peasants of Gotham, as Penguin himself calls them. Um, to two kids named Sherman and Roberta. Yes, with their homemade detective kiss, the homemade Batcave. <laughs> uh, I I definitely had a few. Uh, detective spy things when I was growing up just because of Batman. So yeah. I could relate to that part as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely uh, agree with you on that one. Love and as they're playing with the little kit, they have two bullies show up. Yeah, the two bullies. Um, let me find their names. I did write them down somewhere. Nicholas and Francis. Uh, good old Francis. Good old, yeah, cl- <laughs> I mean, classic bully name. Classic. They kind of pick on the kids because they're playing with the detective stuff. They're a little older, so they're just basically, <laughs> basically giving them, a, taking the piss out of them, as it were. <laughs> oh, that's that, there's another classic English phrase there as well. It's yes, like, like penguin. <laughs> that's more Arkham Penguin though. Yeah, because he has more drama in his soul. <laughs> uh... so then after we see all that little spat where we get introduced to introduced to some of the main characters we see where culture as he flies back to an abandoned bird seed factory yeah that's brilliant and the children follow and they spy on thugs from the heist that they saw somehow and the penguin shows up finally so we see that he is indeed the penguin is the main villain and he yeah. wants he wants his faberge egg yes I love how the penguin appears as well. His music theme plays and comes from underground. It's brilliant. 
Yeah, because it also is very uh, it invokes a lot of the coming from the sewers from Batman Returns, where he just slowly absolutely does, yeah, which is always nice. Yeah, lovely little Easter egg, almost literally in this episode. To that, yeah. <laughs> the the kids recognize Penguin too right away, and so they're like, "Holy crap, we need to get out of here!" And while they try to escape, of course, they accidentally trigger a conveyor belt, and this of course, alerts Penguin and his thugs that there are people around. Batman's able to get there and help distract, but he gets hit with gas from a pellet that was shot from the umbrella of the Birdman. Yes. As he staggers to the Batmobile, Sherman and Roberta are trying to help him, and they get in with him, and they are able to escape, and they get back to sherman and roberta well not roberta's house but sherman's house and yeah for now they're safe with batman on a basement I couch I, I love how in that scene when they get in the batmobile that, it, that it's just a shameless opportunity for them to show off all the gadgets that are on the batmobile That's yeah you got all, all that the, the missiles coming out the gas and um even the, by the back of the entrance to the batmobile where the missiles appear um just a just shameless chance for them to show off all the weaponry it's got. Almost BDS sure. style. I'm sure those are non-lethal rounds. Oh, absolutely, yes. Rubber bullets, <laughs> of course. Yes. But we are, we are back safely, so we think, in a, in a suburbia household. Yeah. And Batman is struggling. He's poisoned. He's gassed. He's trying to say a word. And he's able to get out the word cap and then soul mm. and, and then visor. Yeah. Which hopefully we're hoping that our junior detectives will be able to find out what he yeah. means. Now, yeah. now what happens? Okay, so um, it cuts back to a scene with scrap floating over the uh, the city. And then you see Penguin's car go past and uh, it co- cuts into it where Penguin's looking for his egg, he's after, and then the thugs are like, oh, what about Batman? He's like, oh, he's fine, he'll be out for a week uh, <laughs> with, the, with the gas. <laughs> um, so Penguin's not happy, and then we see uh, Sherman. Sherman's very uh, unimpressed. Mum, um, she, she has a, a feeling they're up to something in the basement, so she's like, oh, what's going on? And Roberta's just like, oh, don't worry, we're looking just looking after Batman. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, well, Okay. Yeah. Like, don't, don't go making uh, any gas bombs again or dynamite or something. I can't remember what she says, but something like that. Um, and then she's like off to the store as she heads out. And you see uh, on the street, Nicholas and Francis reappear. And they've got a brick that they're... <clears throat> and then they sort of throw it towards these boxes. And it, that reveals the Batmobile underneath on Sherman's Drive. Yeah, because Sherman didn't know how to activate the shields part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that turns it into uh, a big massive skip with some sand in it. Shields. Oh, that's hilarious. That, that's an terrific episode, isn't it? I mean, that's hilarious. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite parts of '89. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Batman with a robotic car long before robotic cars. Oh, brilliant. But then, uh, where do we go from there, Scott? Okay, so after that, um, then sort of messing around in the Batmobile, and then 
they find the capsules on the visor, which is what Batman was alluding to earlier. And uh, Shimon's like, oh, quick, give me that here. It's a matter of life or death. And he flies down into the basement and gives Batman one of these um, pellets, before which uh, Scrap finds them and starts attacking them while they're uh, trying to take them to Batman. He's got this big giant vulture wreaking havoc on the streets of the uh, of the peasants, as Penguin calls them. And I don't know about you, but I hate birds, especially like crows and that sort of thing. So this would be freaking me out. Oh, yeah. That, that, and the noise that thing makes as well. Yeah, it's just ugly as crap, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a great, stupid vulture. Um, so sorry, I didn't interject, but continue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true, though. I, I would not like a South American vulture to be anywhere near me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, coming full bore at you, swooping. Oh, God, it'd be horrendous. Knowing the penguins, <laughs> the, uh, the mental the of that bird as well. <sighs> not fun times. No. A brilliant, a brilliant character, though, in the episode. And I love his name, Scrap, because he's a, 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 a bird that eats dead animals. <laughs> uh, brilliant. But yeah, so he's the Scrap's flying in at them. They manage to escape and get into the basement, give Batman the capsule. But he still doesn't wake up, so they're, they're all now really worried. And uh, Sherman's like, well, if, if the vultures found us, then so will the penguins. So the next minute, penguins trying to get into the house. He manages to break in. Um. And they also cut the phone lines that they can't call the police. Penguin always covering his back. And uh, Sherman's then just like, right, we need to break our Operation Foul Play. <laughs> Which is he's, yeah, quite He's very funny. Yeah. He is, yeah. He's got his own traps set up and takes like home the out. This is where the episode turns into the Home Alone aspect. It, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, he starts taking down all the thugs and uh, they run penguin charge at him and throw these um, ropes at him and he gets caught up in them and has to cut himself free. Um, and then I enjoy how Penguin then finds his way down to the basement after they lock themselves in. And uh, finally we see Batman wake up after Penguin's attacking him with a knife and Batman. Batman fights back with a screwdriver. Oh, yeah. I, mean, that, I remember that. Just to see Batman battle Penguin like, with a big knife versus a screwdriver is... is proper fencing style. Yeah. It, <laughs> it just makes the episode so worth it. It's brilliant seeing fighting with a screwdriver. I, I love that. And um, Batman manages to take down Penguin kicks him into a shelf and which all lands on top of him and Penguin's not very impressed at all. And it cuts to like a newspaper clipping of saying that Penguin's captured and that the Gotham Zoo has acquired a rare vulture. So um <laughs> then eventually the, uh, the the bullies become the employees of Sherman and his own little sort of detective local detective agency in the neighborhood. Just like real life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, that that is, that is the episode. Pretty cool episode. A very fun episode, especially I bet it was fun for young kids back in the day when this came out because it did come out around the time Home Alone was really big. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely so sure see that the inspiration was... in that. Cause that's something I didn't think of, but now you, you mention it. 
yeah, I could I could see kids eating this up back in the day. Yeah. I also love the the newspaper headline for when uh, penguin is captured mm. says pint-sized Pinkertons pluck penguin. <laughs> Which is um, mad angry scowl. by a couple of fledglings. Yes, that's one of the best lines. I love that. He, he always does that. Like, got some delinquents or whatever. He's just such a well, well-spoken penguin. Yes, he's very articulate. He is. Uh, they captured penguin brilliantly. In the, it's his first appearance in the show. Really, really enjoyed it. Oh, that's true. I never even thought of that. Wow. He's fantastic. And I mean, this is probably, is he the third? I think he's the third mainstream villain that we see in the whole series after Joker and Poison Ivy. Oh, four, sorry, Two-Face. And Scarecrow? Oh, and Scarecrow. True. Oh, well, that, that my point goes out the window. But yeah, it's pretty cool that we get to see another main mainstream villain. Because I, I feel like they... Left it quite late, considering there's five mainstream villains within the first 13 episodes. You'd think they'd kind of go in and out of all different ones, but they they keep it quite simple and evolve Batman more as a, as a character than these villains at the start, so that's quite cool. Yeah, and I wonder if back in the day when these were first being released, when they did the last few episodes where there wasn't really a big rogue, if some of the producers and people were like, come on, just put a penguin or a joker in there. Like, come yeah. on. But, yeah, yeah they... Like at no point there's been like a real need for a ma- major sort of episode so far because they've all been broken. Plus, it's also nice having that uh, time, like you feel like a, a part of the audience and just really uh, learning about Batman and who he is without having yeah. to worry about him facing the Joker or Two Face or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Like in the Sewer Queens, Sewer King, seeing how his morals are and how much uh, children mean to him, and then yeah. with. I oh, rewatched that episode again yesterday. It's so good. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. And then I think with like Man Bat, it shows a lot of his early detective days and when he's still at odds with the cops. And then I love that aspect of it. So you're right. At the beginning, they they do throw in a few big villains, but for the most part, they're concerned with letting us know what bat, this Batman is about. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. No, it's true actually, and um, yeah, it's just great to see how everything evolves over the first. So that's 13 episodes now, so you kind of have a good feel for what Gotham is about and what Batman's about. So it's pretty cool now that we start to see a few more main characters because it, it, like, in the next three episodes, this includes we get three major villains and um, <laughs> it's quite interesting to see how they adapt the, adapt the different versions of them because the, the three episodes coming up could not be any more different. No. And we do finally. The next one is for real, Heart of Ice. It is for real. This time we're not joking. Yeah, but I, I'm glad we got this one in there. I'm glad we got it in. <laughs> I, yeah, I like how I've got a Batman in the basement. It's a good episode. Um, yeah, not too not too bad at all. It doesn't really drag out, which is great. What would you give that out of 10? A solid 7. 7, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. I was going to go for 7. I was going to say six and a half, and I feel like it's too mean. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I give POV a six and a half, so it's better than POV. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. That's odd. I just never hear people, I've never even heard POV uh, referenced it like that in that way. So, that's just cool to hear. Yeah. That's good. 
It'll be fun to go through uh, the rest of these. I know I'm really looking forward to the terrible trio. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I can't wait for Chris's. Chris's is a highlight. Oh. I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'll buy some Farmer John sausage for that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, look, definitely looking forward to that. Closely followed by, uh, by the uh, fantastic episode that, uh, that is the ultimate thrill. Oh, I really enjoy that one. No, I actually feel like that episode is quite good. It's crazy how sexualized they made her and got away with it. I know, yeah, it is actually. Now, in terms of Batman stuff, there is another announcement I wanted to let you know. There, The Fathom events that did the, I think they did the Mask of the Phantasm one night only in theaters. They're doing some Batman movies this year. I know they have one Burton one, but they're also going to be putting for one night only. Batman and Robin. Oh, nice. Now, I know everyone's groaning right now and thinking, who would go to that? Why would they do that? But I feel like a lot of people might go to that just to laugh and get a good laugh. Like uh, people go to see The Room, which is like supposed to be the worst movie of all time, and just laugh. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where people want to go because it's so bad they just want to laugh at it. Oh, I'd go and see it, definitely. I think, I think I'm going to go just to see what what is the response of the people that are there watching if they're going to laugh if they're going because they genuinely like it oh you should definitely do it uh, yeah that's a yeah, fun social experiment plus i mean i always i didn't get to see batman and robin on the big screen and i've always wanted to see the bat nipples on a huge silver screen so <laughs> that'll be fun uh, uh it's so nostalgic that movie is oh it's pure it's one of those movies like it's so bad that you can't hate it it's like an old dog it's just it's pure 90s cheese yeah it actually is so i i think uh i think i'm gonna go to i'll go to the burton one for sure i just don't know if it's returns or regular batman but yeah i think i'm definitely going to the batman and robin too just to see what how people are reacting but uh yeah that's that's in terms of the pre-show today that's what we got for you guys we have a guest coming what I'm oh, sorry, I think before we go, we were going to mention Joker and Titans as well. Oh. Joker. Oh, yeah. The trailer. Yes. Okay, so you saw the trailer, right? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. What do you think of it? I I absolutely love it. it the, everything about the way they make Joker look and his story and everything, how I would want a Joker story. Yeah, and his look. I have no problem with his look. I think the look is awesome. I think mm. the old timey nineteen twenties clown is freaky as crap for a reason. <laughs> but the only thing that perplexes me, and I'm sure the same with you and many people, uh, what is going to be the deal with Batman? What's going to deal the deal with Thomas Wayne? What's going to be the deal with that sixty uh, six version Batmobile? Is that just to be there to throw us off? Like, what's going on? Mm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens. I don't, I don't know. It, it it's very odd. But in terms of in terms of look and design and what you saw, you're excited for it. Yeah, it looks okay. I I, I like the Joker design. I'm not crazy about sort of the blue paint on his eyes, the red on his nose, but I think it looks. Um, he still looks pretty badass. Very evil, scary looking guy. So 
Um, and I think the Axa can um, sort of power through that and it won't be, you know, we won't be talked about if his performance is great. It certainly looks good and it's very creepy, yeah. you know, as you say. So, um, looking forward to it, yeah. I think it's going to be uh, an interesting movie and I hope that it lives it lives up to the hype and it continues what Shazam and Aquaman have done in getting DC films Please. back popular with the general public again, not just DC fans. Please. Yeah, well, all I've seen is good reaction to this Joker, so if, yeah. there's, if there's anyone that could do it, it's Joaquin Phoenix, because he's just superb. Yeah, yeah. Even that line he delivers in the trailer, that one line, the I used to think my life was a tragedy, but now I realize it's a comedy. Yeah. Just, uh, and just seeing just this, it's never so far, he's not doing like any crazy, like big Joker smiles. He just does these little, almost imperceptible ones that just give a little slight grin that are just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't wait for October. It's going to be a blast. Unlike most trailers, they're holding so much back and they, they aren't really showing off too much, which is nice. Just like the Avengers Endgame trailer. No, I bet. <laughs> okay let's get on to major casting from uh the titans dc universe oh this is fascinating and go ahead and break go ahead yeah well the titans i think just the fact that we have um a bruce wayne in titans it's going to be so cool to see just how they adapt that character Um, and he's an older looking one yeah, he is. Yeah. So Ian Glenn's going to be Bruce Wayne in Titans. Now, I don't, I don't, haven't watched it. He's from Game of Thrones, right? So I haven't yes. watched Game of Thrones. I'm not interested in it. I'm not going to lie to you, but um, I've, so I haven't I've, seen it. You're not missing anything. I've tried, and there's so many weird names, I couldn't even do it. So. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it looks interesting. I, I think um, a lot of people have been criticising the fact that he's an older guy. Let's just hold back and calm down a little bit and see how they, how they, uh, how they do it. It looks like Ben Affleck's pushing fifty. What do you expect? What do you mean he's a little older guy? And also, yeah. I like the the age and the maturity level of this guy looks like right now because we've had almost a Batman at every part of his life, even super old Batman. I don't feel like we've ever had a mid fifties to sixties style Batman like this. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome to see how they use him. I think in Dark Knight Returns, he's around 50. So this he looks yeah. a little bit older in this one. I don't know. He does, yeah. I mean, who knows? They, they could um, make him look a little younger as well. So that, that's definitely not ruled out either. So I think they, I think it's going to be fantastic to see. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing it. But just the fact that we've got a confirmed Bruce Wayne in Titans who is going to physically appear and actually have a major role in the, the next series is not only exciting, I just I can't contain it. It's gonna be so awesome. I can't wait. Are you so hoping awesome. are you hoping for a nice Bruce Wayne? Or are you hoping he's kind of a dick? A balance of both. That's actually a really good answer. And I know that's just I know <laughs> that's that's a great I know, I know it sounds sitting on the fence, but a balance of both would be great. Um, well that's what you need uh, with that, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. You know, he sometimes has to make hard decisions and he has to be a bit of an arsehole to, to get things done. Yeah. Like the Justice League, he's probably walked out on them like four or five times. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's yeah. I'm glad you remembered that stuff because that's that's also good news. Yeah, it's uh, only a short segment on it, but but certainly worth talking about because it's uh, yeah, it's DC. It's fantastic. And DC's actually been on a roll as of late with the movies ever since Justice League. They really have, yeah, yeah, definitely. Their, their Captain Marvel film absolutely annihilated the fake Captain Marvel film, so that's good. And is still dominating box offices. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. This already, already confirmed sequel, and already, yeah. The Rock already confirmed that Black Adam is in the starting phases of getting ready to film. So oh, he'll I saw that interview. That's so exciting. Yeah, that's. I think it's really cool what he said too about making sure he wanted DC to let them both have their own film, so we know all about them. And yeah, yeah. And honestly, he he really genuinely seems to love that character. So that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and he definitely fits the bill for physicality. <laughs> oh God, yeah, definitely. I mean, Black Adam was sort of used in a slight cameo in the wasn't he, when the Wizard talked about him. Yeah, and you can tell. You can tell that was the Rock in that. I might be looking too much into it. But I, I'm, no, no, I, I thought the same. You can tell. Yeah, I I hope we get to see that soon because and. I, how awesome would it be if they did the Superman and Shazam for his Black Adam? Oh, wow. That'd be amazing. Because I was watching that animation before. Like, if they get any, if they even did like half of this, that would be crazy. That would be absolutely fantastic. But sadly, we have to wait for that. <laughs> Indeed, yes. It's certainly something to get excited about that. In a couple of years, we'll see the, se- uh, the sequel to it. So that's going to be good fun. Now, we also are planning on having a lot of good fun with our with our guest. Oh yeah, definitely. And this is a guest that was the very first on DC Figures and Collectibles, and we did not have Scott at that time because we were just in the middle of transitioning with some things, and we finally get to have a full interview with both of us with Joe. So that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, so you guys, in case you don't know who we're talking about. He is JC Malone on Instagram, and he is if you if you ever just start going on uh, Instagram to look at toy photography, it won't be long until you come across his page. He tends to do one photo a day, usually at a night session, and they're always fantastic. He loves to use a different mixture of. Um, outside special effect shots with fireworks and sand blowing. He likes to use dioramas, incorporating even extreme sets in there sometimes, as well as his own personal uh, built dioramas. You could tell he has a passion for what he does. You could tell he likes to make sure uh, the picture itself, everything is is well done in the background. He's not someone that just throws together something. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun catching up with him, talking about him. I know that Scott's eager to meet him and has a few questions for him. Yeah, definitely. So, and really, he really, really looking forward to it. Like I say, he's the one guest that wasn't on the show, so really excited. And from here on out, we are going to be making sure that we have a a former guest from earlier shows, and we're going to be doing it in order of how they appeared, and also once a week a new guest. So that's how it's going to work from here on out. What do you think yeah. about? What do you think about that? That'll be fun. Yeah, that's going to be great fun. And just catch up and seeing where things uh, have changed for them in, in the time between the first and second interviews. So that's going to be fantastic. 
Yeah, we feel like six months is a decent amount of time for some change. Yeah, for sure. And just to re-meet people again, because we've met so many amazing people. Yeah, and even sometimes when we meet them, we want to talk to them a little bit more, but time doesn't permit. So it'll be nice to yeah. maybe some, some stuff we forgot to ask, we could ask. Yeah. But that is uh, the guest that you'll be hearing very shortly on the other side of this at J.C. Malone. That's if you're a mm-hmm. But Scott, any last words before we finish up this segment? Um, stick around for the interview because it's going to be fantastic. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. Much appreciated. And uh, yeah, keep those reviews coming in. And next time we will definitely talk about Heart of Ice. Yes, even though we've been teasing it for two episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We will. Uh, we will see you guys on the other side. And I hope you enjoy all of Scott's very drilling questions that will keep JC on his toes. <laughs> Bye. Hey, this is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram. Also co-host of DC Figures and Collectibles podcast. And a lot of times people ask me, where do I get my figures or what method do I prefer to go about getting my action figures? And I tell them the best, easiest way that I know of is going through BigBadToyStore.com. They usually have all the newest things in stock. They have things that you can pre-order ahead of time so you don't miss out on the opportunity of having them. They also have figures from years ago that usually tend to be at a good price and figures that are hard to find that you may need for your collection. So if you need to get a figure of any kind, any brand, then I would check BigBadToyStore.com. BigBadToyStore.com. Go check them out today. Hello and welcome everybody to the guest portion of DC Figures and Collectibles. We are honored and happy to have the first guest that we ever had on the show. And he has returned and his name is JC Malone. And if you're not following him already, you definitely should. But I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you do follow him. And because we've had him on the show, we're going to make sure we do a little uh, review of a little bit about him uh, because we don't want him to have to re- go over that. So it has been six years since he started his Instagram as of March. Uh, as we know, he started to collect Masters of the Universe figures from a very young age, and they are still very prevalent on his page. He puts a lot of love into those. He, was, he came to love comic books from his grandfather, who loved Superman, uh, Captain Marvel, the Shazam version, Prince Neymar. The and- real, the real sh- Captain Marvel. Yes, the real. And... <laughs> He would, he would tell young Joe stories of Prince Neymar fighting the golden era human torch. And from there, Joe has become a great photographer, a great uh, lover of pop culture. He is an avid concert goer, which we're going to definitely ask about as well. But first, I'm happy that I'm joined by my co-host from Stoke on Trent, England, this time around to talk to Joe. So Scott's here as well, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Tyler, how's it going? Hello, Joe. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to meet you. Well, hi, hey, it's great. Glad to have you on. Thanks for thanks guys for having me on again. Um, we had a great time the first time. I'm glad we could pop on again. This is episode 31, right? Yes, sir. 
Indeed. So that's awesome too because Mike Piazza is one of my favorite baseball players. Pretty nicely, right? No, it's pretty cool. The yeah. fact that you even the fact that you relate numbers to baseball players just makes me so happy. <laughs> well, because like when people say twenty three, I'm like Don Mattingly. Like I don't think Michael Jordan. <laughs> that that's Don Mattingly. Or now I'm really dating myself, but yes, Don Mattingly. That was my my childhood hero growing yeah. up. So. That was a sweet swinging lefty. That's a good hero to have. Yeah, he was something else. Unfortunately, back injuries uh, marred his career, but he was he was incredible. You know, I was fortunate enough to to watch him play live uh, at Yankee Stadium growing up. But I'm sure people don't want us to talk about baseball because. <laughs> hey, I, I'm getting more into this right now. This is I love this stuff. But maybe we'll yeah. have to do like a special baseball edition of the podcast someday. That way, it'll be your lowest rated. Uh, listen, podcast, but we'll have a great time on it. I mean, it'll yeah. be amazing. Very self indulgent, that one will be. But yeah, we, well, let's get right into it. Uh, how are you doing, Joe? Since the last time we talked, it seems like you've been uh, doing well, especially your pictures are killing. Well, um, you know, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm just continuing to do what, uh, you know, what I've been doing. Uh, everything's been great. You know, I, I, I hit a milestone birthday this year that I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, uh, but I, I, I feel just as, as good as ever. So it's not like, you know, the age is, is just a number thing. It's, it's so true. Obviously I probably am one of the people that personify that uh, things are great. You know, been going to a lot of concerts and uh, you know, adulting and doing yard work. So <laughs> Well, that, that sounds like uh, just like everyone's starting to get into the swing of things with summer and needing to do more yard work. But that's awesome that you're starting to go to concerts. We'll definitely get into some of that. Sure. But I'll, uh, I'll, I want to let Scott ask some questions since he didn't get the first time around. <laughs> when right. you say yard work, I automatically think of, oh, that makes a good nightmare Batman shots. <laughs> I, I just, think, just think of a toy photography thing. But no, I, genuinely, it's um, awesome to finally speak to you because um, I remember way back when in the first ever podcast i remember i enjoyed listening to you and tyler talk and um yeah i really enjoyed that but um i gotta say your shots are definitely one of the biggest inspirations to to me personally oh thank you um i because you take so many different type of shots as well like my favorite ones are actually ones that you do like um the atom and ant-man ones where they're like <laughs> on completely like warped scales and stuff i love those kind of pictures that you do <laughs> I, I, I like to I don't I don't particularly like to shoot this. We talked about this on the last podcast. I, yeah. I try to not shoot the the popular stuff as much. I, yes. I just think there's so much of like I listen, I love Star Wars and I mean really, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard pressed to find someone that's like, I hate Star Wars. And I enjoy taking Star Wars shots, but I try not to do so many of them. Because I just I just feel that there's so many people doing Star Wars shots, and it just it all kind of looks the same to me. Yeah. Um, so, so if I you know if I have to take like miniature Vegeta cooking for giant Goku, like that's fun. fun. You know, I, like I love humiliating Vegeta. Uh, <laughs> I, I I have no problem with the character, but there's some people that are just so into Vegeta online that I just think it's fun to like to highlight the fact that he uh, cooked and cleaned for, for Beerus on Dragon Ball Super. So I like to highlight that stuff. And I like doing this, you know, the slice of life kind of stuff where it's just like, you know, I did that shot with um, 
like Clark Kent reading the paper and Lois cooking in the background. And I just yes. like that's that so weird because I'm literally looking at that picture right now. It's a great shot. Yeah, I like I like stuff like that is just fun because it's it's just it's kind of I like showing that other side. And of course, I like blowing up fireworks. So yeah, I'm gonna blow those up too. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of that stuff. So I like I, like we talked about. I like to keep it very random, and I like to um, like I like to not let people know what I'm posting the next day. Like I kind of like when you yeah. when you look at my page, it, it could be you know, Masters of the Universe. It could be. WWE, it could be Star Wars, it could be Yatsuba. Like I like to keep it random, and that and that's by design. That's that's how my account has been since the very beginning. I thought it's fantastic. So what I like is um, I've seen before when you put like a, a post in your story or something that you you're trying to recreate the photo and you do it in like a totally different style, but then capture the essence of that. One in particular is the Lobo one. I remember from Justice League. Yeah. Uh, that that one in particular, I really enjoyed. Yeah, um, that was that was a fun one. Some sometimes I think you know, you can you can be a slave to copying the pictures, and that's great. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. could bring if you could bring the picture to life or or the animated series to life or whatever it is to life, that that's amazing, and I think it's great. But I I think also just taking the inspiration and the idea of it and kind of making it your own your own is fun yeah, too. Absolutely. You know, I I I just think, but I mean. You know, there's been times like I did a Thundercat picture um, with Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat like leaping through the through the trees. Mm. And I saw I found this picture online. I'm like, that's awesome. And they had like snarf crawling in the tree. And I was like, <laughs> eh. I was like, well, I don't have something I don't want. Well, I have this custom snarf that I paid like $90 for from Joe Amaro. So I didn't really want to like risk him getting damaged by like attaching him to a tree and then he breaks in half or whatever. So, um, so I just kind of had him watching on, but, but the essence, again, the essence of the picture was, was very similar. So, um, I, I always think, I always say, look around you cause you never know where you're going to get that inspiration from. That's, that's a great way of putting it. And you do so many different types of shots as well. So you do like dioramas, extreme sets, outdoors, indoors. What are you kind of favorite to sort of do if you have a favorite? Um, I, I always lean towards outside. Yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed shooting outside more. Um, but the thing is, like, anybody can go outside and take a picture. But the, the thing is, you really have to worry about scale. Like, I'm very, very considerate of scale yeah. when, when I take something outside. So, like, if and there's that shows a as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, if you go outside and you, let's say you take a picture of Ant-Man in the grass. Well, that makes sense because Ant-Man is small. So, the grass is going to be... <laughs> going to be tall or a baseball <laughs> right right or or sitting on top of the base <laughs> yeah. um you know that that stuff makes sense but like if you take let's say you take some stormtroopers and you're out of them just kind of trooping and there's a gigantic leaf on the mm. floor like on the ground then that just looks like a toy picture like <laughs> so i do love shooting outside but it gets extremely hot in florida um so you know, indoor shots are great too. It's, it's just indoor shots are tough because you really have to learn the lighting. Like I, I pretty much when I started, um, I did a lot of what they call dark room shots, which was just like black background and some lights. And I yeah. used these really cheap, like led flute lights. And they worked great when I was using my cell phone to take pictures. But once I, I graduated to a camera, I started, like I, I don't know. I when I edit pictures, like I can see the difference between a cell phone shot 
and something I, I do on my camera. And I like, it's not to be snobby, but, but I just like, I won't post anything that I took on my cell phone. I just like, I see it and it bothers me and I don't know why. And maybe it's cause I have really bad OCD with that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there are people that do great shots with cell phones. Like I, I think you used to still use a cell phone too, right Tyler? Sure. Yeah. So like you do great shots, but like if I did it and I was editing it and I saw it, I would be like, Oh my God, this is, I see that, that grain and I can't get rid of it because it's a cell phone shot. So once I kind of graduated to the camera, I couldn't go back. So I had to change my whole lighting system. Well, and- I've got, got to say that you've done, I, we were talking about this in the pre-show, actually, funnily enough. We, I think you've done that the right way around is that you did, you focus on your content first, then upgraded equipment. Because a lot of people get these insane cameras, but then like, they don't like, like grasp the content to, to match it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I think you should like learn how to frame a shot. I mean, you could you you could take some great pictures. That's weird. You know I mean? It's like, <laughs> like like I I learned a lot just shooting like pointing and shooting with my my cell phone. I just felt like at that point I had I kind of wanted a camera because there were some people yeah. and and when I when I first started on Instagram, it it was a lot of people just kind of you know random like all right here's my uh, Cobra Commander figure and. And that's pretty much how I found the toy photography. Like we, we talked about mm-hmm. in the podcast, but you know, you just took like a quick shot, but then you realize like with the cell phone, if you let the, let the focus kind of settle a second, you get a better picture. So you kind of learn from there. Um, yeah. You can go out and buy a $3,000 camera, but if you don't know anything about how to use it, it, it's the user too, because I think, you know, the, the camera I started with was a Canon T3. Um, and it was at the point old and it was like a 12 megapixel but i really felt like i got the most bang out of my buck for that camera yeah um i I, and i learned a lot so when i when i upgraded to the full frame uh canon 6d i felt comfortable with it so you know if you want to start out like i totally recommend getting an entry-level dslr camera and just learning how to use it because once you can master the simple you know you shooting manual basically then you then you should graduate to a, a more expensive camera if you feel comfortable. Shoot, just stick with the with what works for you. Mm, that's you know? a very very good way of putting it. Definitely. Yeah, I, I just I I don't I think people kind of come on and, and get caught up on oh I got this equipment and I got these lean cubes and I got you know <laughs> all this stuff and blah 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 and and yeah the lighting is great but if if you don't know how to control the lighting or you don't know how to control your camera you get like really blurry like out of focus shots and nothing drives me crazier than that but a shot that's like totally out of focus gets like, ten thousand likes <laughs> yeah that yeah that would be annoying yeah but also what we were talking about previously on the recording before we got you on too we we're talking about you could have someone that has all the equipment in the world the loom cubes extreme sets atmosphere aerosol everything but if they don't if they don't tend to have a passion or a knowledge of the subject matter they're shooting. It tends to look very robotic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and, you know, I've bought a lot of stuff that I don't really know what the subject matter is. So I kind of look it up. Yeah. Figure it out. Like I, like I, I talked about Yotsuba before um, and for you're probably not familiar and maybe your listeners aren't either. She's this little green haired uh, girl from a magnet called Yotsuba and I, and if you've ever seen like the Danbos, which we've talked about um, also, the, the cardboard box looking things, that's the same kind of 
anime or yeah, anime. yeah yeah so like i bought her as a gag but she she became one of my favorite figures to shoot for a while because she because <laughs> i bought her basically to make fun of the shots that were like overusing her and the dan board and everything like that and then once i had her in hand i was like she's actually a lot of fun and like a lot of personality to shoot so sometimes stuff like that happens but yeah like if you if you don't know about dragon ball and you just kind of like throw the stuff together and i'm not an, i'm not an expert but i've i've seen enough of it that i can piece it all together but yeah. yeah i feel like i feel like shooting what you have knowledge of definitely helps um and you know with the extreme sets they're cardboard you know they're made of cardboard so I feel like you can't have stuff really on top of them because you can then see that they're cardboard. Mm-hmm. You, I, I feel like you really need to be able to work with the extreme sets in a certain way to make them look great. And they do look great out of the box. Like I'm not knocking them. Cause I, I love, I love those things. Like they're convenient and easy to use. And I've gotten a lot of use and I've used them a lot, but I think that there's people that I've seen that kind of make them look like cardboard. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Yeah. There's times where they get the lines on them too, where you could tell they're, they're supported by cardboard. Right. You know, it's kind of like, you kind of have to separate what you're putting in front of them. And that, and that kind of helps when you, when you have a camera that focuses really well on your subject, you can kind of mask that stuff. That's true. Actually. Yeah. What are your favorite extreme sets out of interest? Favorite extreme sets. I, I love the, the abandoned house. Um, I've used that one, like all three versions of it, a ton. Like I've just found yeah. that it's been such a, and the new one, the newest version that has like the cutout windows and the doors <sighs> opening up. I mean, that just adds a lot. Like being able to seep the light through it, like just helps a lot. Um, and I love the cave. I think the cave is, is not only is it a good bat cave set, but I feel like, it's a good like there's pieces in that set that you can utilize for other things like i use a piece of it for aquaman shots like water caves like there's a a piece where like the cave is cut out um but it's just a good background like you can you can if you have enough props and stuff you can really decorate it where it's just kind of like computer screens you know behind stuff so that's a great set um those are probably my two favorites i'd say i'm not a big fan of the vault um and it's not that it's not a well-made set. I just think that it's you're very limited what you can do with it. Yeah. You know, the bank set's got some cool pieces too, but again, it's a bank. So like the settings, it's like, it's a great idea. And I think that like those, like the teller window, and I, I really like those kind of pieces that um, I guess where you like fill out your withdrawal slips or your, <laughs> your deposit slips. Like those are cool. <laughs> like you, you utilize that really well in that one Batman shot, Tyler. Um, Thank you. Where you kind of use it as a background piece. And that's kind of what I like about those sets too, because you, you know, you may not utilize the set as a whole, but there's like parts to it that are great that you can kind of, all right, well this, I, I, you know, like the hallway, the elevator hallway is a great set. You could kind of use it as an apartment, you know, like, and, and unfortunately when I got mine, it was missing like the doors to the elevator. Uh, That's like the best part. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, that kind of like limits it. But I, I utilized that for a killing joke shot, which was perfect. Like I, I, I like, you said that I remember the shot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, 
I was like, wow, that's perfect. Apartment door. You just put something next to the door. And I actually didn't even do that, but that's a good set. Like I I'm, I'm hoping when he makes, when he starts designing more sets that he kind of looks at that stuff, like not only can you use it for this, but what else can you use it for? Mm-hmm. Um, like the building, the outside buildings are great. Like the, you know, the second building, they, the original building was gigantic and the to put the pieces to the roof together were ridiculous like it's just <laughs> i just gave up like i was like i'm done like it just looked i i, I probably fucked the cardboard up like <laughs> you know bending it so i never really used it as a roof but the second one has a great rooftop that you you can pretty much utilize on the other ones so um and the new one's gonna have a whole bunch of like 3d pop out stuff so um i think that one's gonna be really cool too yeah they have extreme sets are just pushing the limits to what you can do a cardboard. It's, they, they are genuinely insane, especially the latest ones. Yeah. Oh, he and they're getting better and better. Like, but the problem yeah. is they're also because of the way you have to set them up. The the convenience of being able to really pack them up is kind of going away because once you start taking those apart, yeah, it kind of ruins the cardboard a little bit. Like the the new subway is amazing with the steps, but once you put that together, I'm like, I didn't take it apart. Like, I didn't take apart the steps because. It, it won't go back together, right? Yeah. And yeah. I might be wrong, but that's my opinion on it. No, that's true. I, I tend to just leave them in a big big box in my garage and just go get it when I need it. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're, you're better off for that. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't have the patience to unfold and fold like that. No, that, but, that, that stairway was a pain to put together. I was like, stay in the hole. Come on, stay in the slot. Well, I, you, you definitely have. I've been looking at the cave and the one of the abandoned houses for a while, so it's funny that you said that. I'm gonna have to look very hard into getting one of those. Yeah, I, I would say, like, for you personally, like, the cave would be a perfect set for you because okay. you know, basically, you know, obviously, you do a lot of Batman shots, but I like, I, I finally got the um, the Bat Cave, the DC animated Bat Cave, so I kind of feel like those two together will work really well. It's like the perfect combination. Yeah, I think so. I think that because um, because I know that it comes with a backdrop with that also that's kind of cardboardy. Um, but I think you could you may like this set may wrap around that and work really well together. So and the abandoned house is just great because it's kind of neutral, you know. Yeah, and there's not a not that I like that it's not it doesn't look like an apartment. It has some. If, I think if that's the one, it looks like it has some brick look to it. Um, no, it's like wallpaper. Wallpaper, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like this, like, gray, black and gray wallpaper. And that's, that's a set that's improved from the original release, like, tenfold. So he, he kind of listened to everybody, and I think that's cool. And I'll tell you another set that's great. Um, I actually won one around Christmas time is the Ready Sets. Ah. Yeah, it, it, it's a little awkward to use, but there's some great pieces to it. Like, there's some great background stuff to it. It's tall. Um, there's doors that open. There's, like, a garage that opens. There's a sewer on the bottom. Um, so it's kind of a nice set. And they're not – I don't know what they run. Like I, was, like I said, I was fortunate enough to win one in a contest. But um, it's a really nice set, and that may be something – you know, everybody wants to look into too, because it, it that one folds up great and it goes right back in the box, pops up and folds right back together. Nice, nice. yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll see some more from them. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they have, have, you, they have a couple of good sets. Have you taken any pictures with the ready sets? 
I have. I, I I'm actually I did a lot. I did some stuff for Toy News Eye. Okay. Uh, I actually haven't posted them yet, but I think if you look on their their Instagram, they have some. I did the uh, Ghostbuster Stranger Things set for them. And okay. I that set a lot. And actually, I did I did post one. There's a uh, I did a shot with Spider Man, kind of looking in a garage with Venom in the shadows. Um, that one I did with the ready sets too, out of the garage. Nice. That sounds cool. It has some stuff. Uh, and can't, isn't there like a little staircase in the background too, or you could, that like enters down somewhere? I can't. Well, there's. I know there's ramps that hook up to the side. Okay. I don't know. The oh, I see it. I see the Spider Man one. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Doesn't look bad at all. No, it's it's good. It's it's very glossy though. So again, it's one of those things where you have to have the lighting just right on it. But they're like, um, I don't know if you follow action figure photos. Um, he does a lot of the superpower stuff, but he utilizes that set a lot. Um, and he he does a great job with those. It looks very comic bookish, sort of. Yeah, to- it is. And they have um, they actually have a um, a space version of it too. So. Justice League, uh, and they and they had uh, like a GI Joe scaled one too, so it's mm. kind of nice that they've done it in a couple of different scales. That's always good for the GI Joe peeps. Yeah, yeah, I I love GI Joe. That's one of my favorite properties. I just don't shoot it because it's a pain in the ass to set up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember some shots you do, especially with uh, isn't his main name Joe with like the mustache? Uh... Was that? No, Joe, well, Joe Colton was the original G.I. Joe, like the adventure team from the 70s. They, they kind of changed that to the original. But I've done like stuff with Duke and Scarlet and things like that. I just haven't done. I actually put them in my storage right now. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just it's they they're very small and they they don't stand up very easily. And it's just, you know, you set up like a bunch of Cobra Troopers and they fall over and it's just <laughs> too frustrating. I, we can relate. We all can yeah. relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, now, so we, we mentioned about um, extreme sets theme, but you, work with, you also work with uh, Mattel, which I definitely wanted to ask you about. Sure. Um, so they've had some pretty cool releases, two of which have been the Gaslight Batman and, of course, the Shazam figure. And now they're two of, of my favourite pictures that you've taken. I love that one where you've got Gaslight Batman sort of like hunched forward. Like he's ready to yes. beat the crap out of somebody. Um, yeah, that one. That one was one of those those like happy accident shots where I kind of just like posed him and I got lucky with the pose and I was like, yeah. wow, that actually, I was like, that's kind of exactly what I was trying to come across <laughs> with. I love when that happens because it's like usually I shoot it and then I'm like, oh, it's kind of close enough to what I was thinking, so we'll just <laughs> we'll process on that. That's a really nice figure. The cape does kind of like the shoulder pad part kind of hinders the articulation a little mm. bit, um, but it looks so good. Um, they really did a good job on that figure. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you from that wave though, the Wonder Woman figure was a big disappointment to me. Right. Yes, yeah, Skepta. Um, and, and I, I have a couple of shots that I haven't posted of it yet, but she, her articulation is terrible. Um, it's just, she looks very good, but the other thing that's really irks me about it is they painted the flesh tone on her chest and it's like a different, a completely different color from her face and her arms. Oh, okay. It looks really bad. And she she used the wrong foundation on her face. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I'm and I'm surprised too because the quality of the Mattel stuff in the last you know six months to a year has been unbelievable. And and speaking of that, let let's let's kind of go over that Shazam figure. Um, yes. That is a phenomenal figure. Um, they they came up with a great articulation scheme for him. That chest articulation, you could really get some great flying shots with him. Um, and it makes me wonder why they didn't use that for any of the Henry Cavill uh, Superman figures. Oh, true, yeah. yeah, because like every figure they put out with him was a solid chest with no articulation in it, which I get because of the way the costume is, but clearly they figured a way around it with, with Shazam. I mean, he's got double-jointed elbows, double-jointed knees. The cape works pretty well for, for a, a non-cloth cape. Um, the, the ankle rockers, like, they hit a home run with that figure as far as I'm concerned. Um, as far as your articulation, the face is a little goofy. <laughs> it's a little goofy, but it fits. It works, but from certain angles, it looks... Like it looks really good. I think dead on. It's kind of weird, but yeah, from like the sides, it looks great. From yeah. dead on, the eyebrows are just off. Yeah, it's weird. That I, I, like I, I'm not really sure what they were going for with that. Like it, it doesn't even match any of the promotional materials. No, I don't even remember him doing that face. Yeah, the well, people, I people's eyebrow. Yeah, well, that, that's what it looks like. <laughs> If you smell what Zachary Levi is cooking, you know, it's, it's, uh, I haven't seen the movie yet. And oh, I was just about to ask you about that because uh, I know your grandpa's such a fan. I know. I, I, I just like, I just haven't been able to get out to the movies like this past weekend. I, I was planning on going, but then I had like a big run of concerts. We went to see, um, kiss on Thursday night and then, uh, bouncing souls on Friday and then yeah. Sunday we we drove and met my parents to down in uh, Bonita Springs to see Mickey Dolan's from the Monkees, believe it or not. So, <laughs> was, so yeah, some classics. Yeah, how, I, I've seen, how was the Kiss concert? Kiss was amazing. I mean, I've seen that was probably the the sixth time I've seen Kiss. Um, they, it's I mean, Paul Stanley definitely can't sing as well as he once did, but they they put on it's just such a spectacle show i mean it's just you know fireworks and fire and confetti and um and it's kiss i mean it's an experience nobody nobody's like oh kiss wrote the most legendary song ever. <laughs> they have a great i mean i i'm a fan I, I love their music but it's not something i do every day but i if every time i come to town i've gone to see them so that's awesome and you're planning to continue a, a toward pace like this throughout the summer I hope so. I already got some shows lined up. We were, uh, let me see. I, I'm going to see uh, Florence and the Machines in in June. When the and dog days are arrived, not even over. They're not. They're not even over. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not playing Kiss, Kiss so I'm kind of disappointed in that. that song. Is great. Like I looped that song like 30 times in a row because it's just I so. I don't blame you. <laughs> and then uh, I know next month we're flying up to South Carolina to see Paul McCartney. Oh my god! Oh, I'm very, very jealous of that. Oh. I always go see Paul McCartney. He's one of my favorite. He's artists. he. I I. This will be, I think, the third time. My wife. So just as, as a background, like I always grew up, like I listened to a lot of rock music, and a lot of punk. And my wife listened to a lot of like classic rock. Now I grew up with that stuff too, obviously, and I like it. But my wife was more into like the stuff from the '60s and the '70s. Was more. Mm. Of, you know, I, I grew up at like 
my teenage years were in the nineties. So it was a lot of grunge and alternative and stuff like that, but, and punk. Um, so like I've kind of polluted her and now she's a big <laughs> punk fan, which is awesome. Cause like we fly to Chicago to see alkaline trio on a whim. So, <laughs> well, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but she still likes her. Like she loves the monkeys and the Beatles. So, and I mean, who doesn't like the Beatles? Yeah. yeah. Sounds to me like she just has great taste. Yeah, she does. She most mostly look at her husband. Except she. (laughs) So, I am not a fan of the boss like at all. So we kind of fight on this one, but whatever. I don't. That's what she likes. I won't knock her. But um, she took me to see Paul McCartney a couple years ago, and I was just kind of blown away by it because it's here's here's you know pretty much and Ringo, but I'll say the last living Beatle. <laughs> the last living good beetle and <laughs> you know he's the guy like he played for like almost three hours no opening act and he just ran the gamut of the catalog and it was unbelievable so we've seen another time after that and we'll see him for the third time uh, my guess is this is probably going to be like one of the last times we get to see him live but you you got to treat us and please put some of those those uh videos in your story Oh, I will. I, I'll definitely. I will definitely, uh, definitely awesome. post those up. I, I I like to share that stuff in my story. I don't know if anybody really likes it. I love it. But I think it's just kind of fun to, to to show that stuff because like some people don't go out to shows, but they might like to hear the music. And I think it's a way of me showing another side of my page without putting it on my page itself. Like because I'm always worried. Like I've been trying to do some concert photography. And I've been kind of wondering if I should start peppering that into my page, but then people don't like that stuff. Like, nah, I was going to ask you about that actually, because that's what you mentioned previously. I wanted to ask if that was something you're starting to focus on or if you've done it and just haven't posted. Um, I I've done some, I haven't done a lot. Um, I'm trying to do more, but it's kind of hard to get the passes to, because I, I don't really have a media like I'm not connected with any media. So the photo passes are a little hard to come by, but I have some stuff I haven't posted. I have a second account that I barely use that I was posting that stuff on. Um, but then I was kind of like, well, I can kind of filter that stuff in the morning on my regular page and, and kind of do the toy stuff too. So I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of toying with it. I'm, I might throw a poll up on my page and see what people think. Most people are, well, it, it's weird too, because, like there's certain things that I post where nobody seems to like, like when I do, when I post any wrestling pictures that those are usually my, like my lowest engaged content. And yeah. So I guess most people are there for the superheroes is my, is, is my guess. Uh, I, if you threw up the poll, I definitely will vote to do some concert shots. And also the videos itself. There's some people that are never going to get to, go experience Paul McCartney live or see kiss live. So the fact that you're giving us a little glimpse into something that we might never get to experience, I think that's just really awesome and cool. Yeah. (laughs) And that, and that's kind of what I I thought, you know, would be fun. So like the other night when I saw kiss, like um, I was, there's a part where Paul McCartney, like uh, not Paul, Paul Stanley rather like flies into the crowd on a zip line. Yes. So I made sure to go live when he did that because his the stage where he was was like right in front of me. So I went live during that and it, it looked good on my screen, but apparently it was choppy. So like when I played it back, it was like really choppy, but 
you can still hear the music. So that was, I, I thought that was kind of neat for people to see. I, I definitely enjoy it. Now, are you uh, going to be attending any baseball games or are you a big Florida Marlin fan? No, actually, the, I'm not. Um, I don't think even the people in Florida are Florida fans. Uh, well, actually, the team local to me is the Rays, uh, Tampa Rays. Cool. At least you get to see American League, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, it's funny because I, you know, I get the MLB package every year, and usually, you know, I watch. The, I'm a Yankee fan, um, so I watch. I pretty much watch the Yankees every night, and I, I like the Mets too because, like. My family was kind of divided between the two teams, so I always we went to Shea Stadium a lot growing up. So I always kind of liked the Mets too. Um, but then after that's over, I always watch West Coast games. Like I like to, I, for some reason, I really like to watch the San Francisco Giants, and no. uh, I don't know why. I just like that they always seem to be on when I'm done with the Yankee game, and I watch a lot of Dodgers games and a lot of Angels games um, when I can. Um, yeah, so uh, I I don't actually have any tickets for baseball uh, this year, but we just it, the Rays never sell out, so they yeah, actually, it's not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> if I want to go? I can just kind of well, we basically buy the cheapest seats that we can, and we just go sit wherever we want. Like that's that's how empty it usually is. And um, when the Yankees come to town, when the Yankees come to town, well, like when the Yankees or Red Sox come to town, those are usually more more filled games but for the most of the games this year they're actually closing the upper deck oh my gosh like oakland if you ever watch a game during the week on tv there's so many empty seats so um my my guess is because they can't get approved for a new stadium because that place is terrible to want to play baseball in um my guess is they're trying to get them out of town so in a couple of years i would say the tampa bay rays will not exist that's a shame yeah how much talent at one time yeah, I mean, they have great – they put great teams together, and then they trade them all away. So that's why nobody really likes them. But Like them. Florida kind of state where you have a lot of people that moved in from other areas. So um, I, I think years ago, like if I had moved down to Florida when I was a kid, I would probably have been a Marlins fan or maybe a Braves fan because that would was would have, would have been on TV. Oh, yeah, but now you can just buy the package, and I don't have to not watch the Yankees. So that's a lot. Like, I think kids that are growing up in Florida now are, are rooting for the teams. But, like, the only team in town that people really like are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, that's that's the, the, the hockey team. That is the only team that has, like, solid support. That's so funny, the hockey team in Florida, too. Yeah, yeah but, but, like, the Tampa Bay players, their games were blacked out off TV for years. They had to pay for them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, that's a little self-indulgent talk for just me and Joe because I just want to talk. So, yeah. Scott, if you want to get back in the toy, yeah, that was that, that was like a foreign language that I just listened to for the last five or seven. Like, who the heck is Chipper Joe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who, who is this baseball? Uh, who's this baseball guy? Scott, um, if no, you what? have any more toy questions or anything, feel free. Okay, right. Okay, well, let's go straight back into it. So, something that um, I picked up on when I was obviously looking through your photos, and something that um, I noticed is you've got so much versatility in terms of figures. So you go from shooting anything from a ten dollar figure to something like the Hot Toys Joker, which is like a four or five hundred dollar figure if you want yeah. to buy one over here. So, um, what is it like changing 
not only scales but also value figures because there's a different way of shooting like soft goods and and say like plastic things. Well, uh, well, a funny story about the uh, the Hot Toys Joker, like the the regular yeah. version of it. So I have the mime version and the the standard one. So the mime one I actually got from somebody. It, it turned out somebody I knew on Instagram was selling them and it sold them to me for ninety six dollars shipped, which was Holy yeah, and then crap. that was the first one I got. So I was like, Mario's like, oh, you can't spend that on. I was like, this figure retails for like 300 and something dollars. I was like, I'm buying it. I was like, hey, that's it. So, that's like, yeah. yeah. It's, like, so, it's a beautiful figure. Um, and the, the regular one, I, I don't drink anymore, but I, I used to. And I was like drunkenly bidding on it on eBay one night. <laughs> <laughs> so he came home and I'm not disappointed because I'm, I like I wanted it anyway so you know but I mean shooting between scales so you know the the 112 stuff like your standard Marvel Legends and things like that that that's kind of the easiest because I have a lot of mm. dioramas and things that work with it um the the six scale stuff is trickier like I I don't mind bringing it outside but I like it's mostly near my house so anything I shoot outside with them is kind of in my backyard and try to be as yeah. cautious as possible, but that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I brought like the, the Return of the Jedi Luke. I just got recently, um, and I took him out for the first time. And I kind of just like quickly brought him into my yard and used some atmosphere aerosol to kind of disguise the background. Um, it, it's it's not difficult. Some people, it, but but the thing with hot toys are that they look great, but they're not really poseable, and the ones yeah. that have like for example like the the michael keaton batman um the suit's made of rubber and it tears like people have bought it and it and it tears so you have to be really cautious like posing oh my gosh yeah, yeah. so i would say like for hot cal- scale stuff and there are people that like grown men toys i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but he like yes. blows fireworks next to them and Every time I see his shots and I tell him this all the time, like you, you give me like Ajita when I, <laughs> because, you know, I've been very lucky. Like I've only burnt like one thing when I'm shooting fireworks off it. So I've been fortunate, but if I burn like a $20 Marvel legends, like I'm really not as upset about that as I would be if I set my Jack Nicholson Joker on fire. Oh, so yeah. Um, so <laughs> Like when you shoot the six scale, like to me, the six scale stuff works better for portraiture um, type of shots. And, and usually when I, when I work with those, that that's kind of the shot kind of shot I do with them because they're just too big to really, you know, you could make dioramas for them, but a lot of people, that's why like you see a lot of people that shoot them that use that like kind of digital, like Photoshop backgrounds. Yeah. Because you re- you really can't do much with them. Like the ones with the more less form fitting clothes, you can kind of get more um, movement out of them. But I don't know. Like, to me, they're just fun to kind of shoot portraits. Um, the one twelve stuff is obviously the easiest stuff to, to shoot because you you know you can cut. It's lighter. It's they're more poseable generally, except for some of the old NECA figures that are just basically bricks that look great. I mean, <laughs> they look great, but they're bricks. Um, you know, it's like Transformers. Like, I think Transformers are awesome. They're just not fun to shoot. So, that's, I don't know if that's answered your question now that I think about it. But 
No, definitely. No, no, just because it must be so hard because I've seen you shoot the uh, the new Mattel um, Batman line. I can't remember the name that it's called. Uh, Mission okay. Masters. Um, but that, I, I remember seeing a shot that you did of that and I loved that shot. It was fantastic. And then like a couple of shots later, you're doing like the, the Joker pictures and stuff, which is awesome. Well, yeah, to see. Every, every, pretty um, much every Sunday for the last like five years, I'd say it's been Joker Sunday. And we talked about that. Episode. Um, I've, I've where it originated. Yeah, and it originated from uh, Batman collection. A lot of people think I actually came up with it because I was kind of the one that kind of carried the banner, but it was not me. It was Batman collection, who's out of uh, Sweden, I believe. Yeah, we tried to get him on, but he isn't comfortable with his English. Yeah, and he's and he's he's really he's actually a really nice guy. Um, he's one of the first like accounts that i kind of came across so I, I he's been like we've been friends since the beginning on Instagram. but yeah he came up like he had a different day for all of them it was like freeze friday and then like somebody added whack wednesday for the penguins so like at one time there was like batman villain a day type of thing um <laughs> a good old days. yeah siren saturday night you know so like you know and, and like i said we talked about earlier i'm like that's kind of like I use that Joker Sunday, so I've done quite a bit of Joker shots aside from that. But like, I've done a lot of Joker Sunday shots over the years. Um, <laughs> so, but now you know, there's a lot of people now that kind of had been kind of. I, I don't want to say feeling that, but they've added on to it. So, <laughs> um, and I think that there's some people that have definitely aped some of my picture styles without calling anybody out as far as those go. But there's only so much you can do with, with the, well, the, true, the true photographers know where all this stuff originated. Yeah. And it's fine. And, and, and inspiration is the, is the greatest form of flattery. So like, and, and I, I'm not a bitter person and I, I incur, I'm, I, I always feel like I try to encourage people. So I don't give, I don't really feel my picture, but if you do at least say, you know, inspired by like, I think <laughs> Do a shot that somebody else did that's not a recreation of a comic shot or something like that because if you know like if you make a picture of superman fighting lex luther that's the cover of action Comics 35 i'm just kind of throwing numbers out then yeah you know what everybody can have a free shot at that but if, if it's an original shot i just feel like you know i saw xyz make this picture so this is inspired by that i just think mm. that's courteous i mean that's that's just common courtesy no, I thought of it on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> well, we, we don't want to take too much more of your time because we know that you are very busy. But, Scott, do you have any last words for the great J.C. Malone that you finally got to talk to? Uh, yes. Yes, thank you for coming on. And it, I'm sorry that I couldn't be there last time, and it's a massive pleasure to have spoke to you this time. Really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I hope to have you back on another. Yeah, uh, next time, I'll make sure that like my like I don't get distracted by stupid work while. while I thought you were gonna say get distracted by baseball talk. I was like, no, no, that's fine. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a side shot where we just talk about baseball. And like I said, it'll be indulgent and nobody will listen to it, but we'll we'll be able to at least blurt out like probably three hours worth of baseball talk. <laughs> yeah, at least we'll be tickled. Well, thank you again to J.C. Malone. Joe, he is not only a great photographer, a talented photographer, but he is a truly, truly nice person who actually cares about people. And like you said, he is, he actually remembered our conversation last time. That's always a good. And uh, yeah, we're 
we're glad that he was able to come back and we definitely want him on again. And remember, if you steal his pictures, we'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't steal it because I will, gla- <laughs> I will have the team, my team of internet followers find you. <laughs> yes. You will be, you will be uh, regretting life. Well, this is again, as a DC figures and collectibles. We do what you do too. And we are very happy that we got to do an old friend and made my day a lot better. So Hopefully it made you a lot better. Well, Everyone out listening, not Joe's. I'm sure his day's <laughs> up. No, I had, a, I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. And th- thanks for having me on again. It was fun. Keep up the great work with the podcast. And uh, hopefully we don't have to wait another six months for me to come back on. Not, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> if anything big comes up, we'll just throw you on. We don't care about time yeah. anymore. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, definitely. We don't, we don't need an excuse. There's no rules. <laughs> right in right. as it goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you guys for listening thank you guys for your support thank you guys for the messages that you send uh, letting us know what you enjoy about the show and what you don't it's always a uh, always very educational so we will talk to you very soon this will be uh this is going up on thursday so we'll talk to you guys on sunday hello tyler g of batman figs on instagram here And I just wanted to say that if you are looking for a nice Two-Face figure, you should probably check out the new Soap Studios Harvey Dent Two-Face figure from the movie The Dark Knight. I don't know if you've heard of it. It was a Christopher Nolan-directed film. It had uh, Heath Ledger in it. He played the Joker. It's It's a pretty decent movie, and the figure is amazing. Again, it's from Soap Studios, and if you have seen Mezco figurines with the soft goods, this is that style of a figure. Uh, I would say it's not as bulky. It has a more slender feel to it. Uh, more, I would say, less muscly. But of course, it's a Harvey Dent figure, so that's probably why. But it is a great detailed figure. Beautifully sculpted face. I think it's extremely mo- uh, movie accurate to what it looked like on screen. And it's just a great figure overall. The amount of detail that went into the clothing and the soft goods is pretty incredible. And it is available to pre-order now at BigBadToyStore.com. So I would definitely jump on it. I highly recommend it. It is a great figure, and you won't regret it. Speak to you soon.